on TV, online, and on top of Old Smokey, this is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. We are all calmed down from Barcelona, and from what I can tell, it is all WCOOP all the time. No exaggeration, there is back-to-back WCOOP on Twitch right now, and Matt Broughton is basically living in a room two doors away, doing Twitch streams every day, replaying WCOOP final tables. All right, well, we got more on that coming up later in the show. We've got lots of social media to get through. We've got some beefs. We've got oh. outgoing beefs. We've got incoming beefs. Uh, we've got your suggestions for the new name of the podcast. Uh, some of them are bad, yeah. but some of them are really bad. <laughs> that is a fair <laughs> assessment. I have a pile here, which, quite frankly, deserves <laughs> to go in one place and one place only, and that's the recycling bin, people, because trees matter. <laughs> That's how bad these suggestions are that we we can't even throw them away. We must recycle them so that maybe they can be one day used for some sort of good. Um, TV recap is back as the duel was released Joe, online this Joe, week. Joe, there's no yes. the. It's just duel. It's just, okay, duel. Let me change that in the running order. We'll get it right on the day. Uh, duel <laughs> was released online this week. Um, Netflix style. I binge watched the whole thing like it was season two of Narcos. This is a sick brag, right? You can't play online poker, but you can watch all five episodes of Duel because here in the UK, we can watch a whole one episode. Oh, really? How long till the rest come out? No, no. It's because of uh, advertising restrictions because you can't have people under the age of 25. So we can't have any of the Neymar videos and we can't have the video with uh, Miss World in it. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've seen more than everybody else. Weird. Um... Oh, laws. Laws are the best. Uh, last week, we did a dramatic reenactment on the final hand from Barcelona, uh, James, and it was a big hit. And I When you say it was a big make- hit, two people said nice things about it on social media. Yeah, well, I mean, that's more than is said about most other things. So, again, I, I, I'm taking a page from the Hollywood book here. And so, A, I'm calling that a big hit. And B, uh, fair enough. I think we should do it all the Hollywood execs would do and just reboot it. Just reboot it. Give it a little genre switch. I was thinking this week we do it again. Change the music up a little bit. Put some put some dramatic music over it, and we give it a little bit of a taken vibe. We'll have to do week. a recasting because sadly Matt Broughton is not available due to the fact that he's two doors down twitching. That is amazing, by the way, that he's right next door. That's so weird. Uh, spe- and speaking of that final hand from yes. Barcelona this week, we're going to have the man himself on the show, Sebastian Mallets. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to that guy because uh, I think he's a very interesting character. Uh, this week on Superfan vs. Stapes, it's a grill. Robin Neal is coming on the show to challenge me in trivia from the 2016 Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And James, I have a feeling this is going to be really embarrassing because uh, I am right now currently wearing the hat that I got at that game. But I'm not going to lie, I spent most of the game on my phone. Mostly well done, check- Joseph. Well done. Most- Mostly checking retweets because uh, I don't know if you if you remember what happened or not, but the, the that band that sang the national anthem at the beginning, a guy held up an all lives matter sign. And I like kind of went a little nuts on social media and the Washington Post picked it up. Oh, and interesting. So I was just, interesting you recall that. Chance star, you will get at least one of the questions correct, Joe. Excellent. I, well, that's well, that, I, I need a gimme every once in a while. So, yeah, I just spent the entire time on social media uh, checking to see how, how that tweet was doing. Um, and it did very well, but I don't really remember much about the game. Um, speaking 
of social media. Let's get right into it. First thing I want to do is a quick little congratulations to Dana Craven, who messaged me on Facebook. That's why this counts as social media to tell me that uh, she landed a gig uh, hosting a poker radio show. Awesome. Well done, Dana, uh, who has appeared on this show as a super fan from Florida. I wonder if that's what got her the job. She's like, look, here's why I'm qualified to host this poker radio show. I was an official super fan on EPT Not Live. Uh, that's a good way. Into- of, I tell you what, that is an excellent way of getting people to apply for the show. If you would like your own poker radio show gig, why not apply to be on Superfan versus Stapes? It's worked for at least one person out of 57. AKA career springboard. Uh, let's get to the uh, social media beefs. We had one semi incoming, uh, not really a beef, but two in. <laughs> You and listen to last week's show, and he was like, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I, I, I like Matt's games. I, I uh, and he was like very apologetic and just wanted us to know. And I, I also wanted him to know that it was just some gags for the show. We're all good. Everybody's good. Uh, I'm going to call this a social media beef, but I am not going to call to tell Tuin to eat a big old pile of shit. I'm not going to ask anyone to eat a big old pile of shit either. I am just going to recap." the Twitter conversation I had with Carl Parrish the other day. James has a social media beef. I'm so excited for once. Look, I'm a big fan of Carl's. He's a very loyal supporter of EPT Live, of the TV shows, of the podcast. Um, He wrote a very nice blog about you and I, Joe, a while back and how he really appreciates the work we do. But I do think Carl's got himself into a bit of a pickle about what was announced in Barcelona, which was the rebrand and relaunch of our tours and live events. And I think he has completely missed the point And the blog he wrote, I just feel, was based on a lack of information and a lack of understanding. And it's all about emotion. It's all about feeling, but doesn't actually have any substance. And it's fine to have a bad feeling about something if you've read up on it, if you've consumed the facts and have a full understanding. But if there's a vacuum, you can't really express an opinion on something. Yeah, well, first of all, I think I'm partially to blame for this because in my trying to, like, big up... The, the most recent Barcelona event, I kept calling it the last ever EPT Barcelona. And, you know, I was just trying to to put a little oomph on it. And I think that some people may have misinterpreted that. And again, I, I, I take some of the blame for this by thinking that the EPT is going away, which it is in name, but not in actuality. No, and there have been a few tweets this week where people are concerned that the tour is being scrapped. And just to clarify, it's not. It's being rebranded. It's changing its name. It's going global. But effectively, the festivals that we have, if you think about like what the PCA was in 2016, it'll be exactly the same or a very similar schedule of events running over the exact same period of time at exactly the same location, just under a different name. And the same applies to Monte Carlo and to Barcelona. So when Carl laments the end of EPT Barcelona, it's like, dude, it's going to be exactly the same next year. It just will have a different banner. But Carl thought that what we're doing in creating championships and festivals is creating tournaments for professionals, the championship series, and then tournaments for amateurs, which are the festivals. And somehow, therefore, the plucky young qualifier never gets to go up against his idols because we're somehow segregating the player pool. Well, that's nonsense. The festivals are purely a rebrand of all the existing local tours, like the UKIPT, the Australia's. Jake Cody is still going to be playing the Pokestars Festival in London, and he'll want yeah, to win more worry, than anyone. Yeah, don't worry, Jake Cody's... 
That's right. Jake Cody's still going to be smashing amateurs in in the smaller <laughs> festivals, and the amateurs are still allowed to play. Look, have money, can play poker. I don't even know how someone would get that impression. Um, that player pools be segregated. That's, uh, you know, but that's, you know, James, we've been over this before, uh, and that's kind of the the age we live in now where anyone can write a blog and anyone can put it out there. And unfortunately, all our parents raised us to believe that everyone is entitled to an opinion. And uh, you know that I believe that that is true. Everyone is entitled to exactly one opinion. And then after that, it has to be based on fact. And unfortunately... <laughs> Carl had multiple opinions in this article that were, or this blog that were not based on fact. Okay, not really a beef, Carl. We love you, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just let's just hang tight there for a minute. What do we have? Speaking of the rebrand, what do we have for suggestions for the new podcast? Thank God we got a lot of time to work on this, James. Now I do remember one or two coming in that I didn't hate. Uh, I mean, I, do you want me to read all of them? Um, I think that well, I would just like again. To, so far, my favorite, which I, I'm not sure we'll go with, was Megan's suggestion of like the okay. Poker Stars Champ Cast. Okay, look, I mean, look, everyone's tried, so I think we should yeah. at least give them marks for effort. Um, no. <laughs> so, so Keith Woodward, and again, people aren't understanding that create one really good idea and get behind it, but again, people firing off multiple name suggestions. So Keith comes up with three: Isle of Man, not live. Uh, Amaya not live TRG not live and then has to clarify that TRG stands for the rational group needs to be three syllables to continue the flow no it doesn't <laughs> Keith is, we, I really like Keith and he's typically pretty on point those are really really awful I don't know if that was a joke or like but remember we're, we let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say Keith good joke you made us laugh nice joke buddy because we I mean look Sometimes we have our lips planted firmly up the corporate butthole, but, you know, that's taking it a little too far. A few people have come up with PSC not live, including Michael, because obviously it's going to be Pokestars Championship. Too obvious. And also, just to come back to a key thing, which is it, it doesn't have to be the same with a twist. We're looking for something a bit different, and I think getting poker in there would be a good idea. And Michael's other suggestion is the Pokestars show. Yeah, it's... It's not. I don't want it to be the Poker Stars show, to be honest, because I feel like we have like a little bit of freedom with this show because it doesn't have the word Poker Stars in it directly, um, and I get to say things like "fuck" and "shit." And if it's like the Poker Stars show, I feel like all that's going to go away. Okay, let's rattle through these because we've got a lot of stuff to get through in this okay. show. Uh, right, Gabe says, "How about Poker Session with Joe and James?" No. Uh, Sam, the Manic Flea, Pokerstars World on Tour podcast. Uh, no. Chris Gumprich, Joe Stapes and his pal James talk about poker, sometimes with Matt. Okay, yep. We'll put that on the shortlist. Andrew Spears, everyone loves a Chop Pot podcast or the Chip in a Chair podcast. I think they're kind of cute, but we need poker in there, I think. Tony Turner Alvarez gives us, oh my God, a shitload of suggestions. Pokerstars Fishtails. Just read me the best one and the worst one. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to judge. Poker Starship Troopers. Poker Starstruck. <laughs> Poker Stars and Gripes. Poker Starcasm. Uh, uh, Poker Stars Warts. I like Poker Stargasm. Warts, okay. Yeah. Uh, Steve, <laughs> WPC Not Live. What the fuck is the WPC? I don't, 
I have no idea. The Grand Poker Tour or Poker in a Box? No, and no, and uh-uh, and no way. Uh, Chris, Poker Spear, how about the Poker Stars Go podcast? Nope. Red Spade Pokercast, that's from Mace. I didn't hate it, but <clears throat> it's kind of boring sounding. Uh, J&J's Side Action. <laughs> the Outer Table Poker Podcast. I don't mind. Okay, I kind of like side action being involved. That's like something sort of what the show is. Uh, and that's it. They're all the suggestions so far. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, fair to say that we do not have a wiener just yeah. yet. Uh, quick segue then, and one final tweet that I'll read from Gabe. Uh, can you guys talk a bit about the Pokestars Festival in New Jersey? Big names coming? Any of you coming? I'm going. Well, good for you, Gabe. I mean, I've seen loads of members of Team Pro especially the stateside members of Team Pro, tweeting about this. So I assume there's going to be a good turnout from the American contingent. I doubt I'll be there. I'm pretty sure we've got a heavy workload post-Malta, Joe, and this comes straight off the back of EPT Malta. So I think both of us are going to be in London. Yeah, first I was a little butthurt that I, nobody asked me to have anything to do with it, and then I saw how busy we are after Malta, and I know that that isn't why I wasn't asked, but still, it's hard to be like, to, to demand my presence there, and then be like, ah, no, I can't go anyway. So, uh, James, I've got some uh, exciting news to announce, and a pretty funny story to go along with it that is like a late-minute addition to this show, but uh, you uh, tend to enjoy stories about my dad. Um, I'm an uncle. My brother uh, and his whoa, wife. Wait, 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 this, wait, this. Uncle Daddy is now legitimately an uncle. That's right. I'm an actual uncle, and my brother and his wife um, gave birth to a little uh, baby girl about uh, 48 hours ago. Oh, less than 48 congratulations! Hours ago. Yeah, and um, I got to be there at the hospital, and it was you weren't a little... in the room, were you? I was in the room before the actual yeah, thing yeah, started that, going that, down. That just would have been weird. Yeah, I had no interest in seeing my brother's wife's hoo-ha, um, which is convenient because she's not my wife. Uh, so, yeah, so I was there, and, you know, my, my parents – it was a weird situation because my parents wanted updates all the time, and my brother obviously was just couldn't be bothered. Um, well, I, that's putting it wrong. Was busy. We'll just call it that. And I was just annoyed because I didn't know anything either. And then what was weird is that my brother – um, as a as sort of a, like a gift or a peace offering or a just a nice thing, wanted to name a part of give part of the baby's name uh, named after my mother's mother. So my my brother texts my dad in secret and said, "Now my grandmother on my mother's side uh, was French, and we only called her Meme, and she died when we were babies. So he didn't know what her actual first name was or right. how you spell it." So he texted my dad and said, hey, I really want to surprise mom with this. What was our grandma's name on mom's side? And so my dad writes back. It was Marie Jean, which is, you know, French for Mary Jane. It's like yeah. a hyphenated first name. And so um, the next day, the next day, my brother texts out the name to everybody. And he's like, please welcome to the world, blah, blah. And then he made the middle name Ivy Jean. Um stapleton and so uh he texted that to my mom and my mom was like so what and my brother's like well i i named it uh you know I, I gave one of the names based on your mom she's like that's not how my mother spelled her name oh no and my dad wrote 
he spelled it J-E-A-N is how my dad spelled it. And it's actually spelled J-E-A-N-N-E-S. Yeah, because it's, it's a girl, not a boy. <laughs> and so now my brother's daughter is legally named the wrong thing because my dad <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> Hang on. They, they, haven't actually done the, they haven't actually done the birth certificate yet, though, right? Okay, well, so my brother is, like, freaking out and texted me yesterday. And then my mom, I don't know what's wrong with her. She's, like, I was, my mom's, like, livid. And I'm, like, Mom, it's not a big deal. It's the, it's the thought that counts. And she's, like, no, it's not. It's not the thought that counts. This does not count for anything. And I was, like, are you being serious right now? And she's, like, yes, this is, uh, this is an insult. And I was, like, oh, my God. So, Everything's like falling apart in my family, which is supposed to be like this joyous occasion. And so my brother calls me and I'm like, well, can't you just change it? And he goes, no, I already emailed everyone at work with the name. And I was like, wait a second. That's what? not legally binding. I know. I thought like he had put it on the, on the birth certificate no, or something I mean, already. Anyone who does files the birth certificate like less than a week before the child's birth is remarkably efficient and clearly has a lot of time on their hands. Exactly. So I was like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you're going to like upset mom and the whole family right now and have dad have this horrible thing on his conscience because you don't want to email everyone at work again? I was like, just write to them and say, hey, there was a mix up in the translation between the French and the English. This is her actual name. So he did that. My mom instantly flip-flopped, thank God, because I don't know what was going to happen because I was ready to tell my mom off over the entire thing and be like, you're being a crazy person. Um, so luckily, the name got fixed. I have not seen the baby yet outside of uh, outside of the hospital. I'm hoping – I think they get sent home today, and I'm hoping that uh, – that I get to go, <laughs> that I get to go see the baby, and it it unfortunately un interrupted my schedule because I was gonna try to watch all of season two of Narcos, but this dumb baby had to be born. Oh, and the whole thing happened on Labor Day. <laughs> oh, how appropriate! Is That's that how much my family loves puns? Excellent, excellent. Well, it's you, you, like you mentioned Narcos there, Joe. Let's talk some TV right now. TV recap. Now, obviously, the main thing we're going to be talking about is the video series that went on the Pokestars YouTube channel last week. But, Joe, you mentioned Narcos Season 2. Uh, I haven't started it yet, but I did finish Stranger Things on Netflix, and I just very quickly wanted to talk to you about it, because I'm sorry, I think you're wrong on this one. I was willing to hear you out on the whole uh, Preacher Not Burning Enough story. I thought Stranger Things was perfectly paced. I thought eight episodes was spot on. If they'd stretched it to 10, or worse, 13, too much. But over eight episodes, it was perfect. You need time to get to know the characters. You've got to build the personalities in order to then tell the story. I mean, I I think it was close in eight episodes. I just felt like it wasn't quite there. And I also, honestly, if the ending of that eighth episode had been less open-ended... I probably would have not, I would have felt differently, but like, I don't see like, okay, so I, and I've, I've preached this many times to you. I don't know if I've done it on the air. My, my favorite shows of all time, my fa favorite drama of all time is a show called The Shield. Yes. And at the end of every season, they completely wrap up the thing that that's been troubling them all season. It is solved. It is done. And then next season, they figure out something bigger and better and a bigger challenge. And I don't feel like shows do that anymore. They leave you this cliffhanger. 
And then they wrap, then they sort of wrap it up for the next season, but then it's still kind of the same problem that continues on. And, and I just feel like that's, that's, it can still be very good. It doesn't make a show bad. It just doesn't put it in my all-time greats. Sure. I don't necessarily think it's an all-time great, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Loved all of the nods to 80s cinema. Absolutely adored the Tangerine Dream-inspired score. I thought the music was spot on. Uh, and it's is it is it okay to be like in love with an, like a 13-year-old girl? Isn't she amazing? I mean, it's How just... How does she not it, win an award for that? I mean, I'm, I, she will, I assume. I assume that whenever this was released was just before award season. There's a great clip of her, uh, of all the kids, actually, James, if you want to check it out on, uh, on Jimmy Fallon, uh, where they're, uh, doing some typical Fallon type stuff. And she raps and she's really good at rapping. Yeah, I thought she was, uh, and also the other person I want to highlight from the cast actually is David Harbour, who is one of those character actors who's kind of very much flies under the radar. Yeah. He was in the newsroom. He's been in loads of movies and, uh, no, I really think he sort of came into his own in this. Yeah, in, in fact, actually, um, when I was working for Mad TV, the director there did like a side project where he like funded and directed his own independent film, and David Harbour was the lead in that. Um, so I've seen him around, obviously, for a while, and it is cool to see people like, you know, he's he's got a very interesting role in the show as like the part Indiana Jones, part Keys character um it, it's pr- i guess he's not quite keys but, but like you know those um you know just he, he plays a little bit of the authority but also the yeah. sort of the reluctant hero which is like i don't know for me that would be like a dream role that's like the coolest part you can play who gets his own kind of tragic backstory in the final episode anyway uh we'll talk about narcos down the line when we've both seen all of season two let's talk right now about jewel by poker stars this is the series of webisodes featuring our sporting ambassadors ronaldo and neymar jr playing against a variety of celebrities filmed in spain last year uh you didn't get to come to the shoots joe I was there, and it feels like a lifetime ago. It's really weird to look at these now and remember, oh, my God, that was like nearly 12 months ago that we made these. But I'm glad that everyone now gets to see them. And just to reiterate what I said last week, before we launch into a kind of review of these episodes, they're not really designed for hardcore poker fans. If you enjoy our live streams, if you enjoy our TV shows, chances are you're not necessarily going to get as much out of the poker as you would from the EPT. Yeah, so I guess that would that would be my only real complaint with it was that like I don't I don't know who it's for. I mean, it's obviously not for me. Um, it looks so good though, yeah. like it just looks. And the problem is, it looks so good that it almost looks kind of fake, like scripted. And obviously, it's not because no. the poker is like so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, it's like what can you do? It's just you know so. The fact that it's like so dramatic makes it is its greatest strength for me, but also its biggest weakness because like I don't I don't really buy the drama of it, but everything about it, like how it looks, how it sounds, it, it really sells it. So it's a it's a it gave me weird feelings. I love the set. I love the fan. Um, I love the fact there's an audience there watching the action. And look, I think no matter what you actually think of the play itself, I can tell you this, hand on heart. Everyone who competed that day was really into the game. And everyone who played wanted to win. Especially the likes of Ronaldo and Neymar. Because they're winners. You know, they don't want and they don't want to lose heads up. And uh, you know, they were the poker may have been interesting, but everyone tried their best. Um, I the first one I watched was Ronaldo 
versus Aaron Paul. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if that's supposed to come first or whatever, but... I'm not even sure if there is a running order. I think the Neymar versus Boyega duel was considered to be the kind of launch piece, but I'm glad you started with this one because this is the duel that everyone, everywhere in the world, including the United Kingdom, can watch. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um, so I've, there's a couple funny things in it um, that I thought were kind of hilarious, like when Ronaldo calls a timeout and Vanessa comes over and she looks at his hand and she just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> She tries really hard to, like, not be condescending to him. <laughs> I thought that part was super funny. Um, I really wondered who that girl was sitting next to Vanessa, and then I realized that that is Miss World. Um, oh, who features in a, in a future episode, yeah. Yeah, she's, like, on the rail, though, and the first one I'm like, who is that? So we'll get to her later. Uh, spoiler alert, Ronaldo wins, and my probably my second favorite part, if not Vanessa going, oh – is at the end, and like I said, these are like movies, right? They're like very dramatic, great scores, awesome editing. Oh, by the way, I really love like the um, the sort of low key graphics, and you know, just the very bare bones, like white over nothing. Like I thought it was cool, and how it would like light up with whoever yeah. had the winning hand. Uh, I, I thought stylistically it was all awesome, but so you've got this very cinematic thing, and at the very end there's like this epic like da 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 music playing. Maybe we can pipe it in now. I'm not sure. And then you hear Ronaldo talk about his charity, but it's out of context, and he says the line, "I got to save the children." <laughs> And it just sounds – it's this hilarious line where it sounds like they were actually playing for, like, a bunch of children, like, hanging by a rope over a lava pit. And Ronaldo had to beat Aaron Paul at poker to save them. Hang on. I'm just making notes for season two. Children hanging <laughs> over lava. Uh, the next one I watched was Neymar versus Sarah Samp- Um She's an attractive woman. Yes, I would agree. And I think – I think it's okay to talk about a, a, a lady poker player being attractive if she is, in fact, a model for, for her Victoria's day job. Secret. Yes, she is. Yes. Um, in this episode, who the fuck is that poor man, Spanish Joe Stapleton, <laughs> standing by the table? He's you could have had Spanish. the real deal there. He's Portuguese. Uh, we needed a Portuguese speaker, Joe, and amongst your many skills, scratch that amongst your skills portuguese <laughs> is not one of them you wouldn't have been able to speak to neymar and to sarah sampaio so bizarro joe stapleton was hired instead have you ever heard of the international language of love i could have at least gotten through to sarah <laughs> in that case um there is a great hand in that episode um this is my favorite know, by the way in terms of the actual poker played and the actual dynamic yeah. between the two this is by far and away my favorite yeah, this one's very good. Um, there's a really fun hand. And James, now I, I did cut the clip for this one right away. D- did she say fuck when she sucks out on him? And did it get through to the YouTube? Did you listen to it? I've li- I've watched all of them, but I don't remember anyone swearing. Play the clip. Go Just, just tell me what you think. Let's do the turn card. Yeah, I mean, she very clearly just says fuck right there. Huh. It's it's adult content for adults. Okay, good. I'm going to use that next time uh, I get uh, told I can't. <laughs> I'm sure it won't work for me. Um, and then this is amazing. At the end of this episode, she goes, Neymar is the luckiest person I've ever seen. And then the two of them walk out arm in arm. And I'm like, yep. Uh-huh. 
story checks out. Um, let's see. Next was uh, Ronaldo versus Miss World. And now you guys give her a name. Maria La Laguna. Yeah. Exactly. But in the YouTube, it's just called Ronaldo versus Miss World. And I love how she like doesn't have a name. Like, do you think when Mr. World wins something, they call him by his real name, which is Gary. <laughs> is there a Mr. World? There's a Mr. Universe. Is there a Mr. World? I don't think, um, no, there's a Mr. World. Because nobody cares about men. Nobody cares what, I mean, yes, men rule the world. Don't get me wrong. But nobody cares what we look like. <laughs> no, nobody wants to, eat, only gay guys. Everyone else is like, no, nah, we'd rather look at women. Uh, and then at the end, what, so Ronaldo wins this one too. And it sounds like they're booing him. No, like I think it's saying, a boom noise they make in like the football stadium when he scores a goal. I, I, don't, really, I don't really get it personally. So anyway, I don't need to break these all down um, minute by minute, but uh, I thought parts of it were pretty fun. Um, like I said, I'm not really sure. Oh, I did really like the part where John Boyega tries to force choke Neymar, though. <laughs> Boyega was really into it, by the way. He had an absolute blast. And he's ap- he says at the start, I think, of his video that I'm new to poker. He'd only been playing for like a couple of weeks, in fact. But... You know, I think he really enjoyed the challenge. And, hey, he got to give Neymar a John Boyega Star Wars doll. And in exchange, he got a Barcelona shirt. Yeah, I saw in his last interview, he's wearing the Barcelona shirt. And funnily enough, James, now I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but he and Neymar walk out arm in arm also. So <laughs> Neymar, Neymar is running pretty good. Yeah, it, uh, man, I'm just I'm very proud, though, that, uh, you know, it was our team that did this because it just looks like a freaking movie. Like it, it looks awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I do think that anyone can get something out of this, but just don't expect to learn anything about hand ranges or three betting or anything that remotely is going to improve your poker game. Yeah, unless your poker game is against Miss World, then you can learn what what her ranges are. That is very true. Um, While we're talking about stuff on the internet, Joey, let's go into the lobby, because obviously we're focusing on the WCOOP at the moment. And before we get to the actual tournaments, let's give another shout-out to our friend and colleague, Matt Broughton, who is providing, I'm pretty sure it's daily Twitch streams. Hello! Twitch.tv slash PokerStars replaying some of the big final tables of some of the WCOOP events. I think they're starting at like 2 o'clock London time every single weekday. Uh, So Matt's a couple of doors down doing that right now. I'm sure replays of those replays also available to watch at Twitch.tv slash PokerStars. As far as the WCOOP is concerned, I guess... The Railbirds, the spectators, are most excited about event number 28, which kicks off on Sunday. Yeah, the biggest buy-in online event ever. One re-entry available during the extended registration period, $102,000 buy-in, and currently four players registered. And hilariously, there is one satellite available to this, which is a sit-and-go, which will cost you... $34,680. $34,680. So don't worry, everyone. If you haven't got 100 k to play, just sign up for 35 k <laughs> and you stand a 1 in 6 chance of binking the ticket. So wait, okay, so it's a six-handed 34000 So it must pay something for Sorry, second place it, also. It's basically going to award two seats, isn't it, if it's a okay. uh, six-max sit-and-go. So you stand a 1 in 3 chance of binking a ticket. I mean, assuming all skill levels are equal, then you stand a one in three chance at that satellite. My guess is that satellite's going to be a little tough. 
Yeah, and I imagine that the actual tournament itself is going to be tough. Uh, what might float most people's boats more than that from a playing point of view is the special edition of the Sunday Million. Now, this interestingly is a $700 buy. Normally, the Sunday Million would be 215 But this is WCOOP event number 29. Plays exactly the same in terms of structure as the Sunday Million. Just costs a little bit more to play. That's got a $1.5 million guarantee. And I reckon that's going to attract a pretty big field come Sunday uh, is, so you said Matt's doing his thing every weekday is he going to do something for the Sunday for this particular Sunday or no uh, I or think someone else handling that I'm pretty sure that the likes of uh, Jake Harver uh, will be streaming that one probably as they're playing it if Daniel's playing it maybe he'll do a Twitch stream so a lot of the heroes are doing their own streams when they're actually playing and then Matt's doing cards up replays of the final tables like one or two days after the events have actually taken place got it so we'll get Matt's cards up replay a couple days later uh, and we'll get from the horses mouths themselves on that day oh yeah I remember Daniel saying he was maybe going to stream that right yeah, yeah. oh no, that'll absolutely. be awesome Absolutely. So just I imagine, look, during WCOOP, you can you've got so much choice because obviously what we're focusing on are the replays. But the actual pros themselves are doing their own streams and you can watch the action live from their perspective. So there's plenty to choose from. Hey, hey James, I, I got some bad news for you. What's that? So based on the box office receipts for the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah. The studios canceled our Barcelona final hand reboot. <laughs> I tell you what, I can I can do better than that because do you know what, Joe? Before we speak to the man himself, I've actually dug out the actual audio. There's no need for us to reenact anything. Uh, let's listen to that winning moment from the EPT13 Barcelona main event final table from just over a week ago. Is this going to be the weirdest ending to an EPT ever? He's caught. Reichenstein throws in a chip. He calls, and it's over. Sebastian Mallet has gone from EPT fanboy to EPT champion. Man, I wasn't sure about this kid at first, but to see someone that happy, it's hard not to be happy for him. Look how excited he is. He's crying. Emotion takes over as he realizes what he has achieved. 1.1 million euros for first, plus he will lift the trophy and join the exclusive club of EPT winners. <laughs> wow. An incredible moment that will probably go down as one of, if not the best, winning moments in EPT history. We obviously talked about it last week, Joe, but let's talk about it more now because we've got the man himself on the line. The winner of the biggest EPT in history, Sebastian Mallets. Welcome to EPT Not Live. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, so we were talking to Sebastian right before we got rolling here, and he was very excited to show us his trophy. Uh, that's not a <laughs> euphemism. And some Star Wars toys. What Star Wars toys have you got there? Well, I have one Stormtrooper and Kylo Ren from the latest movie. So these are like, yeah, pretty, pretty good, pretty good toys. I'm holding so them right now. <laughs> um, I mean, it makes perfect sense since you're 20 years old. <laughs> 21. 21 years old now okay this actually leads into something i really wanted to talk to you about uh so you like toys you like kind of nerdy stuff now you were uh you were kind of a competitive chess player from a really early age what what age did that all start uh when i was six 
Yeah, when I was six, and my peak was when I was fifteen. Then I was like top five in my age in Poland, I guess. So uh, when you were between six and fifteen and playing chess super competitively, did you have time for stuff like Star Wars toys? Did you get to be a kid? Um, not really. Only in the like recent years, I became more interested in movies and. Then when you know when the new Star Wars movie you know before it and when it came out I was like I've, I've seen it seven times in a cinema. Holy so, lord! So you wow you really did like it. Yeah, but I have in Warsaw I had this cinema uh, city unlimited card, so you know I just could go whenever I wanted. So <laughs> typical poker player, max yeah. value achieved. <laughs> yeah. Even though I am already in the Netherlands, I think I got like really good value out of it. So I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I'm glad you found time to unpack the Star Wars toy, Sebastian, because mm-hmm. you have just moved, haven't you? You're now in, in Holland, is that right? Yes, Maastricht, the Netherlands, in the southern uh, Holland, in the Netherlands, yeah. It's near the border with Belgium and Germany. But it's a really sweet place because uh, it's everywhere is close. I can go to London and be there in like three hours. Like it's in the plane, it's, the flight takes probably like an hour. So just to so, be clear, you came to the UK to study. Uh, yes. You've obviously been playing poker for the last uh, 12 months or so, and now you're back studying again. But well, uh, yeah, mm, for the last three years online, like official year, yeah. And yeah, and live for, well, my first uh, recorded cash was in uh, December 2014 in, during EPT Prague. But after that, I was still uh, studying in, in, in New York. And uh, after I dropped out last year in May 2015, then I started traveling you know, whenever I could go to, to every like stars event, pretty much uh, I could go and qualify online. So, yeah. You're in school right now or not? Yes, yes. I already have Good. <laughs> like two lectures. And <laughs> when you say you dropped out, was that a change of heart about what you were studying rather than I want to drop out from school and play poker full time? Uh, no, it was not a rational or thoughtful decision. It was a rushed <laughs> and uh, emotional decision rather because, uh, yeah, I just was, uh, I didn't make, meet anybody in Warwick and just kept going to London to see my friends. I didn't go to any lectures and stuff. Uh, I kept, you know, sitting in my room and playing online and most of the time I was really miserable doing it. So after a while I had enough and I actually it was it's funny story because I jumped on the train from Coventry to London, from London to Brussels, from Brussels to Amsterdam and from Amsterdam to Maastricht to visit my friend. So, yeah, (laughs) I had enough. I just I didn't even pack my suitcase. I just took my backpack and went uh, to see my friend <laughs> i see some parallels sebastian between i know this is going to sound ridiculous between your life and my own but yours like to sort of uh, like a much greater degree where like you know it seems like maybe you didn't get to do a ton of fun stuff when you're playing chess and then all of a sudden you get to college and you realize that there's like you can do whatever you want with the world is that kind of what happened um I know, just just thought to myself that, you know, this mathematics and statistics, it's a really good course and stuff, but I did, just didn't see myself in like five to ten years working like, I don't know, like nine to five and I don't know, I just couldn't see myself doing it, so but that this was is one, this- uh, yeah. But this is the thing, right? You've gone from doing a very mathematical, very scientific course to now studying art. It's a huge shift. Uh, well, it is, but I always, uh, I always was pretty, you know, my favorite subject in high school was Polish. 
Uh, I was pretty good at math, but you know, I like my friends say that I count the pot and pottles really fast when I write uh, all the my all my hands on the group chat, right? So yeah, they all acknowledge and I acknowledge that that I'm you know pretty good with numbers in poker. It's not that important, but it, it helps a bit, right? So can you tell me a little bit more about this infamous? trip to Vegas with your chess coach. How old were no, you? No, no, no. They got that wrong. Uh, I didn't go to Vegas with my chess coach. He went to Vegas to play in the main event in uh, in 2010. And I went to the WSOP website to uh, see how he how he played. So, you know. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the story. I didn't go to Vegas when I was six even, years old. You know, that's that even be like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's much better and far less questionable ethically. It's amazing yeah. how this great story about going to Vegas becomes. I was following <laughs> live updates on a website, which suddenly isn't as exciting. Yeah, it isn't, but it's still. I know that's that's you know that's like I said, my peak at chess was when I was fifteen, and then I met you know poker and alcohol and stuff. So uh, that, <laughs> that's what happened basically. And your fate yeah. was sealed. But you did come to visit the EPT in London when you were studying. Yes, I remember. I remember even you guys when you were doing like it was in Grand Connaught Rooms and you were doing this intro when you were walking up the stairs. Oh God! And How many takes did it that. take? <laughs> Uh, when I was watching a few, a few, <laughs> I don't know what you did wrong, what you did wrong, but I guess you did something wrong for you. I mean, I kept trip, I kept tripping up the stairs. I remember yeah. that for sure. I <laughs> put my feet down in the right place. Because you have to look at the camera and you have to walk and talk. That's complicated. So it's not as complicated as winning 1.1 million euros. Can you tell me about the path that you took from falling in love with poker, watching the live updates, uh, up until playing your first EPT? Uh, okay, so basically, uh, after I turned 18, uh, right away I went to Prague to play like a, with my brother to play like a 150 euro tournament. It's a pretty good tournament. Some of my friends from Poland organized it. It, it, it was called Poker Tour P uh, PL because we couldn't play in Poland. So they made this like small tour, local tour in Czech Republic and in uh, Slovakia, I guess. Uh, so I went there and played these tournaments. Uh, after that, you know, I played online on, st on Stars, um, but it was still my last year of high school, so I didn't play that much. Uh, and for like, I blocked my account on Stars only once before my exams in May for a month. Uh, and uh, the first time I made like a normal volume of play was during W Cups in 2014 right before I went to, to UK to study. So, you know, and then I got, went to London for the EPT and I had like 4K in my bankroll and I played like a 2K tournament <laughs> live <laughs> during EPT London, yeah. And how did that go? Did you cash on that? No, I busted a, uh, Aces versus Dudes Free Suited. Oh man, live poker is rigged. I remember this hand. He opened like plus one to four thousand. I free bet him from the small blind to eleven thousand. He called the flop came king queen jack with two diamonds, I believe. I had two aces with one diamond. I checked. He shoved for over the pot. I called and he he hit his flush draw. So yeah, that that was the hand. Now here's the question. Here's the question. Do you remember that hand because it was such a bad beat and because it cost you two thousand? Or do you just have this ludicrous recall of every poker hand you've ever played? 
I was going to ask the exact same thing. Of course not. Uh, I don't remember every hand I played in the main. I remember like two, three hands per day that were like cool or important or interesting or exciting. So that's that. I don't. From most of the tournaments I play, I don't remember like any hand. I remember only like and, and because it was my first like EPT, I remember that hand and it was pretty funny. <laughs> Sebastian, you mentioned the uh, the Barcelona main event, which I want to talk to you about uh, right now. Now I don't know if you know how this works, but because we do the stream on a thirty minute delay, I generally don't get to see the last hand because okay. what happens is it happens in real life, and then they come get me. And I'm, they're like, you got to go interview the winner. Go, 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 go. And okay, usually, okay. Uh, and so I don't get, I don't, I miss it because by the time I come back and see the last hand, I've already interviewed you. Mm -hmm. So when I was on my way to the interview, James is like, you better ask someone to tell you about the last hand. <laughs> and so I went out to the, to the, uh, to interview you and I grabbed one of the producers. And I said, what's up with the last hand? And the guy was like, um, he like moved all in and then kind of like walked <laughs> away from the table. Okay. And I was like, oh, Okay. The way he described it to me did it absolutely no justice whatsoever. Sebastian, this is possibly the greatest final hand to end one of our tournaments ever. You were like a fan, and now you are a part of history of the EPT. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, it's surreal. Like, you know, I'm in the system now, so... <laughs> um, so, yeah, it feels, it feels amazing, but, you know, I cooled down a bit, so I'm getting used to it, I guess. Yeah. So, okay, were, did you ever track down the dude you took the selfie with? Because I saw the tweet this week. Yeah, it was a f uh, I'm, really, I'm really proud of some of my tweets. But the guy actually messaged me on Facebook, but it took me a while to find out because, you know, these message requests, uh, there were a lot of them, and it took me a while to get through to them. But I found this guy, and, you know, uh, we chatted a bit, and, yeah, I posted... Where's the photo? I posted it on Twitter. Okay. It is, it is on Twitter. We'll, we'll track it down. We'll track it down. We'll probably retweet it with the hashtag so everyone can see it on the uh, EPT Not Live timeline. Uh, Sebastian, the whole heads-up battle was entertaining, to say the least, and the chip lead swung backwards and forwards several times. And at the point that you guys went heads-up, you were pretty deep. I think it was something like 110 big blinds versus 79 big blinds. Uh, and exactly. I mean, during that time, I think it's fair to say your demeanour at the table changed quite dramatically, along with the chip stacks. You went from being kind of quiet and focused to standing up and chatty, to talking to yourself, to drinking a lot of spirits, to going to the bathroom incredibly frequently. What what was going on there? <laughs> Everything changed during the dinner break. I you know I requested it to be earlier because it made sense to you know play to play with him for a while, test the waters, then find out what he had, how he played. Uh, so, <laughs> Slick. So that was a you know pretty like obvious decision to request dinner break earlier, and so our stacks didn't change that much. I started with twenty one million, I believe, the heads up, and after before the break I had sixteen because I bluffed in a stupid spot last hand with five six offsuit and six high. Uh, so during the dinner break I didn't feel that good, and you know I asked my friends about the hands, and they told me he was playing like almost any two from the button, and he was barreling a lot. Um, based on the board structure and not because not based on his equity, uh, so it was and he bet twice a lot after raising preflop. So it was a very he, he clearly was a better player than me. He had more experience heads up. His heads up game was much better than mine. Uh, 
so I had to adjust and I didn't know what to do, to be honest, but one of my friends who plays like a non-standard poker, like he's mega sick player, uh, he, because he, is, he plays high stakes entities right now a lot, but he also plays high stakes cash. So he has a different approach to the game, like basically cash game players are like better than entity players, learned in game theory wise, uh, for sure. So he told me, you know, that he would just start, I know, forexing, uh, free betting, uh, forex like king rugs, and I know, overbet, lead, lead overbetting some, I know, gutshots and open ended. So I had a rough idea what, you know, uh, what strategy I could use to, you know, from Yuri off from his game and make him a bit uncomfortable so that he didn't know what I would I what I was doing. Okay, so and here's the key question. Was some of yeah. the bizarre behavior we witnessed, whether it's the standing up, the counting your chips out loud, yeah. going through hand ranges, was that designed to put him off or put him no, on tilt? No, no, no. It was all very in the moment, spontaneous intuition, and I was just being myself, trying to be comfortable. And, and well, seriously, I was just... Uh, after the break, I felt like I was going to cry, you know? So before I felt like I, I'm going to lose this match in 20 minutes, I even took uh, the tissues from the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So then I ordered a green tea. I thought, and you know, every break I listened to Lose Yourself, of course. But, uh, you know, when I was standing like, like just before the, the game, the play resumed, uh, and I was listening to it, and it was like this moment when I was about to throw up with mom's spaghetti, right? Uh, so uh, <laughs> I decided, you know, uh, green tea won't work. I have to order Jack and Coke. Jack and Coke. And my thought was, if I'm going to lose in 20 minutes, I better start drinking now. Uh, <laughs> because Sebastian, I, I honestly yeah. thought that it could have been the first drink you've ever had in your entire life, maybe. Like, yeah, I wasn't I sure. I weigh like 20 kilograms, right? So you know, any, any, any amount of alcohol is, and these drinks were pretty like solid, they good value for, for the money. <laughs> like better than the bananas or I don't know, like a water or something. Jack and, Jack and Cokes were like pretty solid, like from 10, for 10 euros, it was uh, yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah, in comparison to, in comparison to other products, products that they offered. I bought like 10 vouchers for, I don't know, during the last three days, maybe not 10, but a lot of vouchers I bought. Well, now you can afford it, buddy. See, I don't know how much you heard of the stream during the breaks, and I don't know how much you went back afterwards and looked at what people were saying on social media, but you polarized opinion. Some people really wanted you to win. You'd qualify for 27 euros. Everyone knew your backstory, chess prodigy, EPT fanboy. And there were some people who just found you intensely irritating. Can you, can you at least kind of understand why, if not necessarily agree with them? Of course, I understand why. And yesterday, I watched the final table highlights. They were almost only bust-outs, but still, I could see that I was like making a lot of face expressions and stuff that I don't normally do. I wasn't doing that in the first uh, four to five days of the tournament. Like it was the first three days, I was like sitting normally at the table, like everyone else, and trying, you know, to be like pretty much like motionless and stuff. During day four, the hands took longer, so I just walked around. You know, it was GTO to just walk around, and I still looked at the table. 
Uh, and day five, I was like really, really tired. Last two hours, I was just lying at the table because I don't know the game was boring and the, every hand took 10 minutes. I didn't have any tough decisions. So day five was pretty standard. And, you know, day six, uh, the final table, I just, just was being myself and trying to be the most comfortable I could be to play my best. And uh, I, I think I did play my best until I reached the heads up. I mean, I still, my performance, the heads up, I, you know, I can complain. I made two absolutely awful, terrible calls with with King Jack and Ace-9 on the river. But overall, when I think about it as like a crazy strategy to, you know, increase the variance by so much because the guy is so much better than me, you know, to to kind of go for it and let the luck decide. Uh, which is a huge anyway in a heads up match, right? But to increase it even more, and yeah. yeah. So yeah, as, as a strategy as a whole, it worked, right? But I like poker wise, I made a few terrible decisions, right? Uh, like poker wise, which people couldn't understand, I guess. Like Polish commentators were texting my friends, like asking, "What should we say? We don't know what he's doing, right?" <laughs> <laughs> And even Dima Urbanovic, he, he texted like uh, yeah uh, somebody, and he asked like he told us he told me that he doesn't smoke weed. What's going on, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so everybody at home was you know my mom thought, thought that I was on drugs. And my friends who were watching at home thought that I was on drugs or something. So, but uh, in generally, like the the feedback from the poker community outside outside of Poland is. Pretty good. Like I would say, I from what I've heard on two plus two, people were positive. Sebastian, I've got two last questions to ask you. One of them relates to that epic last hand, and I do believe that you were genuinely telling the truth when you shoved on Uri at the end when you said. This is a win-win for me, because if you call, it is all over. Use the Scotting win quote. And if he folds, you could go to the bathroom, because seriously, you you need. I, I know when a man needs to go, and you needed to go. Yeah, it was like, like it's a couple of things I said made him like, because he, he was leaning towards the fold. Uh, I saw that and I heard that until I said he might have 10-9, right? So he made that surprised face and started considering that maybe his 9-10 was good, his straight was good. And then on the rail, I said something like, it was a long heads up match, I'm happy anyway. And and he called. So yeah, that's, that was epic and, and like... I will well. I will remember this moment for the rest of my life. And like with you know, with the like with a, with a glance, I see that you know he throws his chips chip to call, and I'm you know just sprinting towards the table. Yeah. I think I think I like better time than Hussein Hussein Bolt, right? Uh, for sure. And uh, obviously, at that <laughs> point, you then go run the range of emotions. Obviously, you know, weeping with joy, and the real satisfaction, the real happiness continued into the, into the next day because. Is it true that you travelled with your trophy and actually had it sitting next to you on the plane on the flight home? Uh, well, yeah, because I couldn't like throw it in a bag or so. I, yeah, I had my trophy with me, and when I took it here, to, when I flew to Amsterdam, I also had it with me. <laughs> so, so in this time in a bag, not in my hands. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I call him Wilson now. <laughs> well, not That's, really, uh, but uh, yeah. 
that's a you know nice uh, analogy to cast away so <laughs> that's cool man that's that's really cool i don't know man i i'm not gonna lie i was kind of on the fence watching you play uh, i wasn't <laughs> sure which side i was on and the more i watched i was like no no, no this kid's just like he's just the real deal like you're just kind of wear your heart on your sleeve and i like that a lot now that you're an ept champion you're going to be asked a lot of questions. You're going to do a lot of interviews. And people are always going to bring up that age-old question, is this good for poker or is this bad for poker? So I was hoping before we cut you loose, you play a little game with us. Good for poker, bad for poker. Are you in? Yeah, sure, sure. All right, so I'm just going to name something. You have to tell me whether you think it's good for poker or bad for poker. Ready? Okay, okay I'm ready. Paying 20% of the field in EPT main events. Good for poker. Okay, okay. Question two. Reaching yeah. the bubble by the end of day two. I good, good for poker. Yeah. Sorry, that one's bad for poker. Question three, Burning Man. <laughs> Burning Man? Well, I've never been there, so... But yeah, good, good for poker, I guess, yeah. Good for poker, that's sorry. Uh, that is absolutely correct, because all the weirdest poker players go to Burning Man and leave us alone for a while every summer. Uh, yeah, question four, selfie, selfie sticks. Good for poker, bad for poker? Uh, bad for poker. Bad for poker, or else we wouldn't have had a really cool moment of you taking that selfie on the rail. Uh, question five, Brexit. Good for poker, bad for poker? Uh, bad for poker. Correct. Uh, next one, California's Prop 60, which means that any person, any California resident can complain if an adult film star is not wearing a condom. What? I know, bad for poker, I know. Bad I... for poker, that's correct. <laughs> Instagram's new story feature. Good for poker, bad for poker? Uh, I have no idea what it is, but I'm going to say good for poker. Sorry, it's bad for poker. That's what okay. Snapchat's for. The death of Gene Wilder. <laughs> good for poker, bad for poker. Gene Wilder? Uh, no, I sorry, I can't... Uh, James, help him out. It's I bad for poker. Poke. It's really bad for poker. Okay. Bad for poker. Okay, sure. uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper being spotted going grocery shopping together. Good for poker, bad for poker. <laughs> and bad for poker. Oh, sorry. It's good for poker. P-p-p-poker shopping. Okay. Uh, next couple more here. Just three more. Self-driving cars. Good for poker. Bad for poker. Uh, good for poker. Definitely. Great for poker. Good, correct Great. answer. The McDonald's McRib. Good for poker. Bad for poker. Good for poker. No? It's not good for poker? Oh, it is good for poker. Sorry. You broke up for a sec. Yes. Good for poker. Correct. And finally, the new Ocean's Eleven Lady Reboot. Good for poker. Oh, no. There's two more. Sorry. The new Ocean's Eleven Lady Reboot. Good good for poker. Bad for poker. Uh, good for poker. Definitely. Correct. Not, good for poker. Maybe bad, not for bad. movies, but uh, for poker. That's exactly. You got it right. But no more explanation, please. And finally. <laughs> okay. Sure. Curved geometry or the geometry of empty space time around a rotating, uncharged, actually symmetric black hole with a spherical event horizon. Good for poker, bad for poker. So many words, like, good for poker. Correct, good for poker. Sebastian Malitz, once you finally wrapped your head around the game, I think you did just fine. I think you got more more right than wrong, James. Okay. So Let me do the final score. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten to three. That's a pretty good score, Sebastian. Well done. You're good. You're going to make yourself I, a great poker ambassador, buddy. Yeah, I'm running hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I love the fact that Sebastian not only has a great memory for hands he's played, but also remembers a link that we shot at EPT London in 2014, the exact location and the fact that it took multiple takes. Yeah, well, I mean... The multiple takes thing is not really something you need to remember. You're pretty safe to assume. I mean, I don't think we've ever nailed it. That that's that that's true. Look, 
Sebastian embodies the superfan who went on to win an EPT. In fact, he qualified for an EPT for €27. And on this show, we give away €27 Step C tickets trying to put our viewers, our listeners, on that road to winning an EPT main event, or at the very least, actually playing one. Uh, So let's try and do that right now. Let's see if this week's superfan can follow in Sebastian Malitz's footsteps. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Now, Joe, try to calm yourself, try to control yourself, but for only the second time, I believe, maximum third time on EPT Not Live, we have a female Superfan. A grill. We welcome (laughs) Robin Neal, a.k.a. Robin E, Neil, what does the E stand for, Robin? Um, Elizabeth. Robin Elizabeth Neil, welcome to EPT Not Live. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Robin, who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, for real? No, no, no. Well, it's just my way of asking, <laughs> like, what's your story? Oh, um, I'm from Canada. I'm from the other London, London, Ontario. Yes. And um, I'm an early childhood educator. I work in kindergarten classrooms. And you're a big poker fan. Yes, I'm a big fan of you too. You guys are the best. That's really nice of you to say. I feel like I just I I feel really bad because I usually try to creep on all the female fans, and I feel like I haven't I haven't done much creeping on you yet. Oh, <laughs> there's not much on my Twitter to creep, unfortunately. Well, we have got to fix that. <laughs> so I'm guessing for you, Robin, the school year has just started. Have you got a new intake, new new class? Um, it started yesterday, but right now I'm still like a substitute. So I actually haven't worked yet because nobody calls in sick the first two days of school. Ah, substitutes. You're the one that the kids abuse and think they can get away with murder. Yeah. Luckily, like kindergarten kids are still pretty sweet. So I'm lucky that way. Kindergarten kids are pretty sweet. They're a little too young to be like, to really know what they can get away with yet or to, or to be absolute creeps. I'm pretty sure I would have creeped on a on a teacher at five years old though probably <laughs> story would Robin, indeed check out uh, do you have a do you have a family are you a married single i am single yep just me <laughs> what do you how do you how do you meet people uh it's pretty hard i have to be honest um not very successfully i'll say do you do, uh, do, you do dating apps i have in the past um what, what's your overall opinion um like probably like a six out of 10. I think there's like quality in them, but there's also a lot of losers out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that dating apps are, are kind of done to what uh, dating that uh, the microwave has done to cuisine. Like it's faster, but it's mostly shit and it's probably going to give us all cancer. Yes. And I remember you said that on the show before and I was flying to Mexico at the time and I was like laughing out loud on the plane and my friend thought I was like insane, but it was, I thought it was so funny because it's so true. Well, we are going to hopefully make you laugh out loud and have people think you're insane when you play them back. Super fan versus tapes. You're going to challenge me on the all-star game. Yeah, you were there. I'm so jealous. So you watched it on TV, Robin. I did. And Joe, you were in the stadium. I was in the stadium, but as I mentioned, uh, I was on my phone like practically the entire time. So I'm not really sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm assuming the questions are relatively basic, but here's the here's the deal this week. It's going to be quick fire, and you're going to be on the clock. And actually, 
for the first time ever, you're both going to be answering the same questions. What I'm going to do is, Joe is going to go into the soundproof booth. In other words, oh, I'm going to cut his Skype connection. Robin, you're going to answer these 12 questions within a 90-second window, and then we'll see how Joe scores against you. All right. Okay, Joe. I'm I like how you're separating me and Robin just because I was slightly flirting with her, James. Amazing. Thanks yeah. a lot. Bye, Joe. I've now hung up on Joe Stapleton. He can no longer hear this call. Okay. So it's just you and me, Robin. I'm All not right. going to ask you any awkward questions about dating apps. Um, okay. <laughs> let's get, get straight to it. So just to be clear... You have 90 seconds. There are 12 questions. Let's see if you can get through all 12. If you don't know, just say pass, and we'll move on to the next one. And if uh, if you get one wrong, I will tell you the correct answer. Okay, so we're going to put 90 seconds on the clock, and we're going to start now. What edition of the MLB All-Star game was this? Uh, 85th? Incorrect. It was 87th. What date did the game take place? Wow. July 17th? Incorrect. It was July the 12th. Who won the game? The American League. Correct. What was the final score? 4-2. Correct. Who was named MVP? Eric Hosmer. Correct. Which MLB team does Hosmer play for? Kansas City Royals. Correct. Which group performed the Canadian National Anthem before the game? The Four Tenors, or the Canadian Tenors. Correct. Who was the starting pitcher for the National League? Johnny Cueto. Correct. Who was the starting pitcher for the American League? Uh, Chris Sale. Correct. How many home runs did the National League score? One. Correct. Which US radio network broadcast the game? ESPN Radio. Correct. And who was the main play-by-play -play announcer for the US TV coverage? Watched it in Canada. Um, pass. Okay. The answer actually was Joe Buck, but congratulations, Robin. Within pretty much 60 seconds, let alone 90 seconds, you scored nine points. It's a pretty <laughs> solid score, and I think it's going to be very difficult for Joe to beat that. So let's get him back on the line and see how he fares. How did you do? Am I allowed to know? You are allowed to know. Robin got nine out of 12. Oh, correct. fuck. I'm just going to go have a coffee. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm putting your 90 seconds on the clock now, Joe. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do this. What edition of the MLB All-Star game was this? The baseball edition. Number, Joe? Uh, 57. Incorrect. It was 87th. What date did the game take place? July 14th. Incorrect. The 12th. Who won the game? The American League. Correct. The final score? 4-1. to one. Incorrect. It was 4-2. to two. Who was named Fuck. MVP? Bartolo Colon. <laughs> Eric Hosmer. And which MLB team does Hosmer play for? Uh, the uh, the Kansas City Royals. He does. Which group? Oh my God! Now it's all shot in the dark. <laughs> which group performed the Canadian national anthem before the game? Oh man, I should know this. This is what my tweet was about. You got mainstream uh, media coverage for this one. Come on. Uh, um, Rockapella. The Tenors. Uh, you can't oh, actually win the game, but we're going to continue with the torture. Who is the starting pitcher for the National League? Uh, Rick Grimes. No, Johnny Cueto. Who is the starting pitcher for the American League? Um, Johnny American League. <laughs> 
Chris Sale. How many home runs did the National League score? Two. One. Which US radio network broadcast the game? Which US radio network? CBS. ESPN. And quickly, who was the main play-by-play -play announcer for the US TV coverage? Vince Gully. Incorrect. At least we got through all 12 questions, of which you got <laughs> two correct. I think it's fair to say, Robin, that this was a whitewash in your favor. Thank Look, you. It, it is easier to pay attention to that stuff when you're at home watching on TV and not on your phone the entire time. I mean, heaven that forbid. Is, that, that is fair. Heaven forbid that you should pay money for a ticket and actually pay attention to what's happening inside the stadium. Look, it wasn't that I didn't want to pay attention to the game. It's that I didn't want to speak to my father. <laughs> Both funny and sad. Robin, this is terrific news for you because you win the 27-euro Step C ticket. Plus, you get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Excellent. I will wear it as proudly as I wear my Yankee Stink t-shirt. Ooh, ouch. Hey, Robin, will you will you uh, wear that T-shirt in your next Tinder profile photo and send it to us? Absolutely. Awesome. I, de I definitely will. Okay, I'm going to save you from any more creeping, Robin, and thank you for coming on the show <laughs> and say... Thanks for having me. Not at all. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Robin. All right, my babies, that is all the time we got for this week's show. Coming up next week, we maybe can do a little TV recap for Matt Broughton's Twitch show. That will be really weird because he'll be doing one two doors down while we break down a previous one. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm game. It's called recycling content, my friend. Uh, I've been asked to be on the Poker Hall of Fame nomination panel. I need really? your help. Yes. So this is after people have like done their nominations online. You then kind of whittle them down. Uh, no, I'm, I think I'm one of the people that, that starts things off. Right. Okay. So you provide like a short list of names that people then vote for. I think so. Yes. I can't remember. I've done this a few years running and I honestly can't remember how it goes because we've got all kinds, you know, we got the European poker awards and the poker hall of fame and okay, yada, I'm, yada, I'm yada, already, yada. I'm already writing down names for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, oh, we're doing that next week. Yes, next okay, week. Next, next week. week we're working on that. So if you guys uh, between now and then want to get in touch and let me know some folks that you think should be in there and why, that's great. I'm happy to listen to it. I would like to be your voice. Uh, we're not getting Sir Frizzy back, right? He's go we're pushing him one more week. It was always going to be pushed one more week. I always oh, had someone okay. lined up for next week. So uh, I believe next week is Sean, whose specialist subject is the films of Kevin Smith. Oh, cool. That's fun. I haven't thought about those for a while. Well, you've got uh, seven days to rewatch his back catalog. And we do have uh, we do have a guest, a pretty big guest booked in for next week. Yes, Fader Holtz. We do. Crown Up Guy is going to join us on the stream. Oh, very quickly, Joe, while I'm talking about movies, The Lobster, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I'll try in the next uh, in the next few days. I actually just watched The Nice Guys finally, and it's it's great. It's really good. Expect. Okay, I will definitely yeah. check that out. But I don't know if The Lobster's on US Netflix. It's on UK Netflix, but really strongly recommended. I'll try to give it a shot. I'm going to try to plow through Narcos in the next week also. All right, guys, as I said, that is it. That is all the time for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. I'll smell you later.